Today's scripture lesson comes from the 11th chapter of the book of Luke, verses 5 through verse 13. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence he will get up and give whatever he needs. So I ask you, and it will be given you, Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches find. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, you give them a snake? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give them a scorpion? If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us be in the spirit of prayer together. Holy God of love, in the still spaces of our lives, we inch forward to hear you whisper the word you have for us today. Be in the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts that those present here may be touched by your undying love. Amen. Right before today's gospel story that we heard this morning, Jesus goes to a certain place to pray. And after he is finished praying, a disciple asks Jesus to teach them how to pray. And Jesus responded with what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, most likely Jesus was not providing a new praying technique, and I'm sure he didn't intend to institute a prayer that Christians would speak in unison for 2,000 years. That disciple, however, wasn't too far off from how we still are today. Most of us are curious about prayer. Prayer is like buying a blank card at Target, You bring it home and you wonder, now what in the world am I going to say? Why didn't I just buy the card with the flowers on the front and the generic poem inside? It's easier to let some author from a liturgical clearinghouse compose our prayers rather than try to do it ourselves. Coming up with our own words is so exposed because prayers reveal our theology. It's safer to not put our theology into a lived, felt context, 
Let's just borrow someone else's theology and hope for the best. I think the unnamed disciple of Luke's gospel wanted to learn more than a prayer that he could memorize. He wanted to know about Jesus' love for God. Teach us to pray wasn't about best practices or theology. It was about relationship, relationship with God. It was the equivalent of, tell us, Lord, what is it like to be in communion with God? And so Jesus answered the disciple with a story about a man who went to a friend's house at midnight, asking him for food for a late visitor. The friend at first refused, but then he gave in because of the man's persistence. According to Jesus, all we have to do is ask God for what we need. We can rely on God to meet those needs. Ask and you shall receive. Sounds simple enough, but our 21st century brains know that the act of asking is not a blanket promise for any self-serving request we might have in mind. God is not some kind of cosmic vending machine, right? And sometimes the answer to our prayers is no. The British humorist Oscar Wilde once said, when the gods wish to punish us, they simply answer our prayers. Now many people, Christians included, suspect that prayer doesn't accomplish much. Like, what do we pray for if we care about the children at the border? Do we pray for our politicians who have lost their moral compass? How long should we pray for white America to shed our racism? And do we dare pray for children with cancer? Do we pray like we mean it? Sometimes I am one of those people. I lose heart that prayer can change oppressive systems or cure sick people. But I also wonder what it looks like for prayer to work. Does an answered prayer only look like God's giving us what we want? Sometimes I don't think we want to pray with persistence because we're afraid of coming to grips with how self-centered, needy, complicit, or naive we have become. We quite literally need a savior these days. And yet we don't trust that God can really save us, and we don't really want to do our part in the saving. So we don't bother to ask. When I feel that way, I really appreciate Jesus' reminders that the God who hears both my silences and my incoherent thought distortions loves me enough to do life with me on the ground. Back in 2012, I had this young woman in my youth group named Maria. Maria was an energetic, fun-loving, vibrant young woman with Down syndrome. Maria loved to dance. She loved dancing and acting, and she loved fashion. She worked in a little consignment store where she got to put outfits together. It was so much fun for her. And then in the spring of her senior year of high school, I got a phone call from the National Office of the United Church of Christ 
They were looking for inspirational speakers for the national youth event that summer. I immediately thought of all the hurdles that Maria had to overcome, and she overcame them with contagious joy. Maria and I got together regularly to work on her speech for the national youth event. She addressed 3,000 of her UCC peers about what it is like to dream big as a young woman with disabilities. Her inspirational speech was a highlight of the week. A year later, Maria went to college through a program for students with disabilities, and we were so proud of her. We gave her a big send-off. Maria came home for Christmas, not for a visit, but for good. You see, at some point during the semester, Maria began to disassociate. She was comatose most, comatose most of the day, and she experienced hallucinations and delusions. The family found a doctor, a specialist in Chicago, whose main focus was trauma in patients with Down syndrome. Meanwhile, the church prayed. We prayed. We prayed every week. We prayed for months, and there was no change. I found that annoying. I could not accept that this was Maria's family's new reality, that this was her new reality. I would not resign that this one vivacious young woman with so many dreams for her life would be like this forever, and that was okay with God. I could not accept that. So after seven months of daily prayers for Maria, I got stern with my Lord. In the middle of my pastoral prayer one Sunday morning, this is what I prayed. Where are you, God? Don't you care? Our beloved sister Maria is sick. This mysterious illness has taken her away from her family and friends, and I am persistent about this, Lord. I refuse to give up on her. We want to trust that your will be done. And so I'm getting specific today, God. I am praying for healing. Resurrect our Maria. In Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' petitions are not polite requests. Jesus speaks in imperatives. Uphold your holiness. Arrive with that kingdom of yours. Provide us what we need. Forgive our biggest mistakes. And since we are on the same team, God, do not test us with hard things. Jesus models how to ask for what we need, to persist and to be urgent in our prayer life. This doesn't necessarily mean that we need to increase the volume or pray the same things over and over and over all day. There is something more here than trying to convince God to change her mind. God is our parent. God is not ignorant of our needs. We are. That is why in the Lord's Prayer we say, give us each day our daily bread. Bread representing any of our needs, a job, our health, good relationships, peace. 
With a generous God like that and needy humans like us, an occasion for relationship always exists. I would love to say that my persistent prayer and worship jolted awake a silent and sleepy God. I wish I could say that Maria was immediately healed of her condition and the effects of whatever trauma she experienced at college disappeared. Sometimes miracles do happen like that. I've seen them. But it wasn't like that for Maria. It was years of hard work and treatment before Maria came back to us. I'm not entirely sure what kind of answer that is from that prayer. The answer is as mysterious as Maria's illness. But slowly, she began to feel like herself again. Little by little, she began to laugh at jokes, and she'd moved her body again. She began to dance. She, she returned to her job at the consignment store. And guess what, folks? Last month, Maria was asked by the General Synod of the United Church of Christ to perform a liturgical dance in worship in front of 10,000 people and the whole entire internet. Maria danced her resurrection relationship with her God, and she did it with contagious joy. In some unique way, prayer means that we believe we're invited into a relationship with God who hears us when we speak in silence. Let me tell you, this is good news, great news for those of us who desire a rich prayer life but have the attention span of a flea. As Anne Lamott writes, prayer is our sometimes real selves trying to communicate with the real, with truth, with the light. It is reaching out to be heard, hoping to find, be found by a light and a warmth in the world instead of being left alone in darkness and cold. Jesus went to a certain place to pray with persistence, not so that he could remind God that God was on his team, but to remind himself that he was on God's team. Going to a certain place to pray with persistence is good for us, folks. That certain place isn't a literal address like FCC, and persistence isn't pestering or convincing or debating. A certain place with persistence is the discipline we need to connect to our divine source. And when we find that certain place inside of ourselves, we begin with an ask. We ask God for what we need. We are humbled and we admit that we even have needs. And then we lift our heads and we seek. We seek and become aware of how God works in the world and how God is already showing up for us and present in our lives. And then we knock. We knock on the unknown and a door of trust and intimacy and love is flung open with so much more than we could imagine. My friends, may you ask, seek, and knock so that we all may know contagious joy.
Amen.